Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. My name is Pastor Matt McClory. I'm so glad you could take the time to listen to this message. Who's ready for the word tonight? We're a night church tonight. We've gone back to being cool tonight. Gone back to being hip tonight. We used to meet at night, but then we realized that we had all these kids. We have so many kids in our church, and we've got to do something with these kids. So that amongst other reasons, but I'm really excited about the future, hopefully having a night service every week, which I think would be really, really cool because this, uh, this is just awesome. So I'm excited about 2018. Is anyone else excited about a new year? Come on, this is our first ever Sunday service of 2018. It's going to be a great year. I preached last week. If you, didn't, if you weren't here last week, listen to the podcast. But my three words for the year were favor, increase and breakthrough. I believe it not just for our church, not just for what's happening in the life of our church, but because we are the church, the body of Christ, people coming together, I believe that for your life too. I believe that's going to come to pass in your life. You're going to see unmerited favor. You're going to see incredible increase, God going deeper in your life and learning more about Him. And then finally, experiencing God's breakthrough. And all the while, just realizing that the power And the amazing part about the breakthrough is that it's God working through you. It's not just you, which is pretty cool. So I've got a question for you. Does anyone like a little bit of chill time every now and again? Anyone like a little bit of chill? I mean, I'm from Australia. And I mean, Australians by nature, I think, are on permanent chill time. We're just pretty relaxed about life. I remember going to Canada one time. Jill was leading worship and we flew into the airport and some friends of ours, they're Canadians, but... They used to live in Australia. That's where we got to know them. And then within a minute or two, our friend, our friend Julie was just like, Maddie, it's just nice being around you. You're just so laid back. You're just so chill. And I'm like, it's just the way I am. But you like a little bit of chill time. I like a little bit of chill time too. It's often said in some of the island nations that they're on island time. Chill time is like a permanent thing when you live on the islands. Show up late do what you want, show up to work whenever you want. The meeting starts when you get there. (laughs) But I wanted to talk tonight about this idea of rest. The title of my message today, tonight, if you're taking notes and you can write this down, if you're not taking notes, you can write this down, is it's time to chill. Everybody say, it's time to chill. Come on, get your notes out. Get your palm pilots out. Get your moleskins out, your desktop computers, your Greek lexicons. It's time to chill. 2018, the very first message is a bit of a unique one. Because I really feel on my heart, God is calling me to preach about His rest. You know the Ten Commandments, God's top ten. In Exodus 20, He delivers it to Moses, becomes the framework for the Old Testament, the Old Testament people. You know when it comes to the the Ten Commandments, God's top ten. It's pretty funny that today believers will be pretty cool with just about all of them except one. And I'm going to show it to you. We're going to put them up on the screen. I'm going to run through them. But I think you'll agree. The first one, you shall have no other gods before me. Most believers would say, yeah, that's fine. The second one, you shall not make for yourself a carved image. Most, most people today would be like, that's a bit weird. I'm not going to do that. So yeah, I'm okay with that. 
Number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Absolutely. Number four, I want to come back to, but that's about the Sabbath. Number five, honor your father and your mother. Ah, we love our mom and our dad. Of course, we will honor them. Number six, you shall not murder. Yep, hopefully everyone in here is like, yep. You shall not commit adultery. Yep. Number eight, you shall not steal. Yep. No stealing in church. Number nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Yes. Number 10, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, his wife, his male servant, female, his ox, his donkey, not anything that is your neighbor's. But I find it kind of funny today that we will go through all of them, agree with every single one except number four. See, we live in the world today, it's busy, busy, busy. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Working, 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 trying to do everything we can. I'm not speaking about rest from the perspective of taking an annual vacation. Not Orlando with the kids. Not North Carolina in the cabin with the kids. Not talking about that kind of rest. Or even like we did just last year, we went to Mexico. Wasn't that good? Wasn't Mexico good, babe? I got to concentrate. It was good. I'm not speaking about the times when it's just you're at the edge of it all. You're at the end of yourself and you just book a lastminute.com vacation just to get a little bit of time to yourself. And you're just like, man, I'm about to lose it. I need to go on vacation. I'm not speaking about that. I'm speaking specifically about the times that are when you're not scheduled to work. See, the issue now is that work used to be work. Work used to be at work. (laughs) Anyone hearing me tonight? Work used to be at work. Now, everywhere is work. Everywhere is work. I don't have my iPhone on me, but I would hold it up. Wherever I go, I've got work. I've got work with me. Let me ask you this. Have you ever scheduled rest in your life? Have you ever actually scheduled rest? Let me ask you this. Do you ever feel like a slave to your schedule? You ever feel like you live under a perpetual pile of emails, text messages, just messages just building up? Feel like you're on the end of a leash when it comes to your schedule. See, we're never meant to live this way. But God included number four in his top 10, a principle of rest that we as believers are dangerously moving forward if we don't implement in our own lives. So let's read it. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. I think we're going to put it up on the screen. Here we go. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it what? Holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested. Another translation says he refreshed. He was refreshed. I lost it. Where is it? The seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and what? Hallowed it. And we as a church, we know what that means. Hallowed. We did our series on the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed means sanctified, set apart. It's holy. Holy to God, holy to Him. It's hallowed. 
Let me pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the power of your word tonight, God, as we gather as your body, as we gather as the church, Lord. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Lord, I just pray your word tonight, Lord, this principle that you've given us of your rest, godly rest, Lord, that we could understand it, that we could digest it, Father. Help, help us to understand your word as clear revelation tonight, God. Father, we just ask that you would minister to us, Lord. Holy Spirit, we say you're welcome in this place. In Jesus' name, and we all said together, Amen. So just like the other nine, you would probably also agree with me that when it comes to the Ten Commandments, there are consequences and there are blessings if we embrace them, if we follow them. When it comes to God's top ten, I mean murder, it's kind of an obvious one. Consequences and blessings if we follow it. Coveting, I think as well. Yeah, we don't want to do that as a consequence, but there's also a blessing if we Listen to what God says. See, there's a principle behind every single commandment. And let me tell you today, tonight, I'm not speaking from a legalistic perspective. I'm not speaking and saying we need to marry up to the law once again. We're free from the law. We have grace because of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there is a principle here that we need to understand. The principle of rest, the Sabbath, Shabbat, a holy day of rest, is one that God wants to give His people. And he gave it to his people. And it says he gave it to his chosen possession, Israel. They were elected by God. And if you read the New Testament, we've been grafted in. So if we've been grafted in, this is something that we can have for ourselves. We can have rest for our own lives. There's a few things that we desperately need. And one of them is rest. Desperately. We need rest. We need Shabbat. We need the Sabbath in our own lives. So the few things about this, the Sabbath that I just want to establish tonight, if you're taking notes, the first is this. It's a commandment. It's a commandment. It's real, and God is serious about it. He's serious about it. Whenever we consider the principles that God's given us in His Word, we need to understand that there are consequences if we embrace these principles. They're principles for our lives, and there were, there were consequences here. Look at Numbers chapter 15. In verse 32, it says, While the Israelites were in the wilderness, a man was found gathering wood. Think of the King James, it says, gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly. I mean, why wouldn't you? He was picking up sticks. And they kept him in custody. Another translation says they kept him under armed guard. I mean, seriously, of course you would. He was picking up wood. He's dangerous, this man. He's a menace to society. It says, because it was not clear what, they should, what should be done with him. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must die. The whole assembly must stone him outside the camp. So the assembly took him outside the camp and stoned him to death as the Lord commanded Moses. That's extreme. That's extreme for us today, 2018. But it wasn't extreme back then. But God is serious about this commandment. You know, in the law, the Old Testament law, there were basically three different ways that the death, the death penalty would be applied. The first was not keeping the Sabbath, which we just read. The other was adultery and murder. And funnily enough, the fourth one, three, four, was disobeying parents. You should use that next time. <laughs> Say, really? If this was Old Testament time, you'd be dead now. but when it comes to Sabbath, there is something life and death that God wants us to understand. 
I wonder if you're working yourself to an early death. I wonder if you need to choose more life instead of constantly giving away life. Walk in the way of life instead of the way of death. Working yourself into an early grave. So what is the purpose of us for us to take Sabbath? And I'd love it if you could write these down because we need to understand what Sabbath is. We need to understand if we're going to embrace it for ourselves. So the first is we need to rest. If you're going to take Sabbath, the very first thing you've got to do is rest. Stop doing work. That's the key. Anything work-related needs to cease, needs to stop. There needs to be a line in the sand, I'm not working today. There is no work associated. The second thing we need to do on the Sabbath, and the reason we do it is we need to replenish. See, the Sabbath gives us a good chance to allow rest to come into our lives. Even this current season we're in, meeting Sunday mornings. It's not my Sabbath Sunday afternoons because I am actually working on a Sunday. But in the afternoons, I can just feel God's rest. Fall asleep on the couch. Just feel like I'm chilling. It's time to chill. We need to replenish. And the last thing we need to do is we need to remember. Rest, replenish, and remember. Recognize. Remember that the delight that we have in God. See, that's one of the greatest things about Sabbath. The way it was designed was to separate it out of your life so you would take a moment and you would just remember the goodness of God. Remember the good things that God has brought into your life. Remember the amazing things that He's blessed you with. When I take Sabbath, it's amazing how much more blessed I feel. When it's implemented in my life, when it's a rhythm, when I stop and I take a moment, it's amazing how much more I remember what God has done in my life, how much more I'm forgiven, how much more I have grace in my life because I'm stopping, I'm resting, I'm replenishing and God's reminding me and I get the chance to remember what God has done. Is this preaching to anyone tonight? This is an important principle, church. And, it, and just all over again, I get to reflect and I get to delight in the goodness of God. See, that's what God wants us to do. Sometimes when I find myself and we, as a family, we Sabbath Friday afternoon to Saturday afternoon. Sometimes I find myself on a Saturday just walking around my house. The neighbors must think I'm crazy. I just walk around the house. Maybe I've done something that I just tidied up a little bit around there and then I walk around. But I just find myself resting, replenishing, taking a moment. Yeah, the neighbor might think I'm nuts. But I'm standing around, I'm like, Lord, thank you for what you've given me. God, thank you that you've given me a home. Thank you that you've given me property that's mine, that I can raise my family. And thank you for putting a roof over our heads. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's why we need to Sabbath. It's not just about resting so we can replenish. It's also about remembering what God has done, the blessings, the amazing things that God has done. It's so important. So the obvious question that I get asked when I when I specifically talk about this to people, is this. What am I allowed to do on the Sabbath? What am I allowed to do? Well, let's look at the text. It says, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, nor your son, and it goes on, everything associated with your life. You know what's cool about this too? Is God makes a provision in the law for foreigners. So, you know, before Jesus ever went to the cross, he would make a provision in the law for foreigners, people that were traveling. 
And he would say in the law here, even the sojourners, even the people that are foreigners that are coming into your property and in your land, in your world, they should take Sabbath too. And I just love that. Rest for everyone. But the better question is this, what will you not do? What will you not do? Anything associated with work needs to stop. Because God wants to bless your seventh day. And what he's trying to say is, I will bless everything that happened in the six days. Everything. And I don't know about you, but I would rather God have all my days, rest on the seventh, knowing full well he has blessed my six days. I'm speaking out of my own life experience. You know, years ago, Jill and I, we prayed for a big life. And lo and behold, we got a big life. All of a sudden, we found ourselves years ago staring down the barrel of planting a church, all the while still working a job, all the while having all this stuff, small children, things going on, demands coming at us left and right. And I'm so grateful that God began to prompt me towards Sabbath, began to teach me, began to put resource in my path, began to put people that spoke into my life, start to talk to me about this, help me to understand that I need Sabbath rest if I'm going to make it. For us, Sabbath right now is Friday afternoon, 3 o'clock, to Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock, in the Jewish way, the Jewish calendar. It's just the way it's lined up at the moment. could be a different day in the future, but we have scheduled rest. It's in my calendar. pops up. You know what the great thing about that too? It makes me finish everything I need to do so that I don't want to eat into my Sabbath time and my rest. Nothing to do with work. The second thing is this. God established the Sabbath for us. He established it for us, with us in mind. See, the purpose of it is to stop working and to be refreshed. Because God created the world, it says that He rested. It says He was refreshed. If you're a, if you're a theologian, this is a difficult one for you to get your head around. Because an all-powerful, all-amazing God being refreshed, how does that work? But if you look at the actual language, if you dive a little deeper into it, what he's actually saying is God was creating. And the word refreshed actually speaks to him drawing breath. How does God create? He speaks. And he spoke, and he spoke, and he spoke, and he spoke. And what did he do? Then he took, whoa. I'm just going to stand here from now on. He spoke. He created, and then it says, he drew breath. He refreshed. That's where we get the saying, hey, I just need to catch a breath. That's why we say that. It's because we need to catch a breath. And I love it. Scripture even speaks about a literal earth, the the earth needing its Sabbath. 2 Chronicles 36 talks about the people of God being carried out to exile, to Babylon, to the remnant. Those who escaped from the word, they became servants to him and successors until the king of Persia came to power, which was prophesied. But listen to this in verse 21. The land then enjoyed its Sabbath rest. Because God created the earth and everything in it, he set into rhythm a motion. And if we would get in step with that rhythm, we also would enjoy our rest. In the message translation, it says, The desolate land was put to an extended Sabbath rest. A 70-year Sabbath rest, making up for all the unkept Sabbaths. It was established for us. It wasn't established for us to make it religious or legalistic, but God put it into place so it would feed into us. 
and that we as well would be refreshed. It also gives us refreshment and a chance for God to provide for us. It's also about faith. It's also about just saying, you know what? I'm taking a day off. I know God's got control over my life. I know He can do what He needs to do in my life. I know He will come through. So I'm going to down my tools. I'm going to take the day off and I'm going to rest. You know, uh, Chick-fil-A. We all love Chick-fil-A. But they're closed on Sunday. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that they're closed on Sundays. When you're heading down I-75, they're closed today. When you've got the kids in the car and you're so looking forward to Chick-fil-A and then you forget that it's Sunday. But they've done studies. They've talked about fast food restaurants. And a fast food restaurant, which is open Sunday, on a month, I think a monthly number, they would gross about a million dollars a day. So a million dollars a day, the highest grossing day for a fast food restaurant is Sunday. That's the highest, that's when they make the most amount of money, it's when there's the most amount of traffic, the most amount of everything's happening on Sunday, they have to be open Sunday. The world would say, you're crazy if you don't open your store on a Sunday. Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday because they say they want their employees to take a rest and to worship. Take a Sabbath. So the people get a Sabbath, the business gets a Sabbath, Everything is about the Sabbath for Chick-fil-A. So the million-dollar number I mentioned before, that's for everyone else. Chick-fil-A makes five times the amount in only six days. Five times the amount. It's incredible. But it's a principle that God wants us to implement in our lives. I want God to have the whole seven, so I'm going to trust Him with the seventh. It reminds me of the principle of first fruits. Principle of first fruits is simple. Give it to God first. Return to God what's His first. Trust Him with the rest. Be willing to just trust Him with the rest. And I don't know about you, but I would rather have God's blessing over the 90 than not have His blessing over the whole 100. I want Him to be all over my life. I want to embrace a principle that God has given me. This is for you. Look at me right now. You need to rest. You need a day off. No matter what, you're not the exception to the rule. (laughs) You're not the one that can do without. Everybody needs this in their life. I know there's people in the room tonight, you're just running too hard. It's been a busy holiday season. Busy, busy, busy. So much going on. Things happening. Now you're staring into the kids going back to school, work getting crazy. Life just gets busier and busier and busier. And we need to be careful that we don't run our tanks too low. See, there's four tanks we need to fill constantly. There's the mental tank. There's the emotional tank. There's the physical and the spiritual tank. But in this world we live in with our iPhones and our notifications and our email pop-ups and all this, everybody thinks, oh, it's okay. I'll just run all four tanks on a quarter. It'll all equal a whole Somehow that math just doesn't make up to me. But God doesn't want you to live with your tanks half full. He doesn't want you to live with them three quarters full. He doesn't even want you to live with them full. He wants you to live with them overflowing. Overflowing. So not only are your tanks full, not only do you feel energized and refreshed for the task at hand, for the purpose that God has for you, but you live in overflow so you can help other people. Live in overflow so you can give someone a word. 
You live in overflow so you can speak into someone's life when God prompts you. You live in overflow so you can be there for your kids. You know what I find is if I don't practice Sabbath, if I don't have this principle in my own life, sometimes I find myself getting a little short with people. Sometimes I find myself getting a little short with my kids. I don't want that to happen. I want to have all of my tanks overflowing to do everything God needs me to do. Amen? I need to schedule my rest. Write this down. If I'm going to make it, I need to chill out. You need to write that down. If I'm going to make it, I need to take a break. If I'm going to make it, I need to schedule rest. Here's a worthy saying that I love. When I was studying, I I, I saw this and I think it's amazing. It says, more than Israel has kept Shabbat, rather Shabbat has kept Israel. For all of time, Shabbat, rest. See, this is for us. This is something we need. And I would encourage you at the beginning of 2018, let's be the type of people committed to doing everything that God's got us to do, but understanding we can't do it with our tanks running at zero. We can't do it any other way but to implement what God has given us and to rest. We don't need to be legalistic about it either. It's not like on a Friday afternoon at 2.58, I'm looking at my watch and I'm like, you know what? 60 more seconds. Okay, good. Sabbath starting. We don't need to be legalistic about that. Jesus was clear about the legalism behind it. We need to be careful not to get legalistic. In Mark chapter 2, he addresses the issue. They were trying to get him. The religious leaders were trying to trick him again. In Mark chapter 2 and verse 23, it says, One Sabbath day as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath, working on the Sabbath? But Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in scriptures that David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days of Abathar, the high priest, and he broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests were allowed to eat. And he also gave it to some of his companions. Then Jesus said this to them. He said, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. What is he saying? If you've got to take care of something, take care of it. You're not going to be on Sabbath and get a call from the person who manages your business saying, hey, your building's burning down. You're like, sorry, I'm on Sabbath. I have to take care of it tomorrow. We don't need to be legalistic about it. But just understand that it's there. We don't need to serve the Sabbath. The Sabbath is there to serve us, replenish us. God's not legalistic and nor should we. I just wonder, when it comes to intentional rest in our lives. I wonder how many marriages would be stronger. I wonder how many relationships with kids would be better. I wonder how much emotional baggage wouldn't be there if we just took some time to implement this in our lives and for us to be committed to Sabbath. My final point tonight as the team comes back up is this. So it's a commandment. It's for us. And number three, God meant for it to be a witness to the world. That's what Sabbath is. It's a witness to the world, to the people around you. You just think about it, bring it up to modern day times, Israel. Israel is 
I guess, an economic unit. The people of Israel have got to do commerce and trade with other countries and do bits and pieces. And you just think about this, that someone reaches out to Israel and says, hey, I want to place an order. I want to place an order on this day, Saturday or Sunday, whatever the day is that's Sabbath. I want to place an order, but they respond to the email and say, hey, sorry, no one will be working that day. The email comes back. Why? Why is no one working on that day? Email goes back. Well, that's the Sabbath. Email comes back to them and says, what's Sabbath? And they're like, well, Sabbath was created by God. He created the earth, blah, 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 blah. Sabbath's important, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what are you talking about? See, it was a witness to the world. The only people that practiced Sabbath or had a day off, sorry, had a day off, was God's people, royalty, and the elite. And the only people who ever had a day off. So it was a clear witness to the world. In Exodus 31, it says, Therefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath. The children of Israel. God's people, to observe the Sabbath throughout the generations as what? A perpetual covenant. It would be a perpetual sign, a witness to the world that these were God's people and God was their God. See, it wasn't about penalty. It wasn't about religion. It was about God's people getting rest to fulfill the task. But it was also being a witness to the world around them. And I think that's what it can be for us too. When we lived in Australia, we lived in this area in Sydney called Rose Bay. It was in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. And there was a lot of, there were a lot of Jewish congregations, there were a lot of Jewish people, and you could not mistake when it was Sabbath. It was a witness to the world around them. You know, there's certain things that they do. They obviously don't drive and they don't do work. And so they would walk to, walk to the temple They would walk back. They would spend time celebrating with family. They would spend time around the goodness of what God had brought into their lives. It was unmistakable to the world around them. And that's what it should be to us. It should be the the witness to the world around us that we're taking godly rest and implementing it in our lives. You will feel it. God will honour it. People will notice it. People will observe it. And they'll ask, what's all this about? Why are you doing nothing today? Why are you being intentional about this today? Why is it so important to you? And you'll be able to say, well, truth is, I love God and He loves me. And I've got a lot to do for God. I walk with Him. But the truth is, to do everything I need to do, I need to have a day off. I need to rest in God. I need to take a moment, consider all the good things that God has brought into my life. I need this. And all of a sudden, people will be like, man, you're pretty serious about this. And the truth is, we need to be serious about this. It's life or death. We need Sabbath. We need rest. Amen. You received that word tonight. Why don't you stand with me? amazing passage in the Gospel of Matthew that I believe Jesus is trying to show us what this life looks like in step with God, in His rhythm, walking with Him. And it says this in Matthew 11, verse 28, says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover 
your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. What he's saying is, walk with me, work with me. You can do this with me. And I just love that that thought tonight, the very foundation of our faith is to understand that we need Jesus. We need Him in our lives. It's all well and good to talk about rest. But I wonder if you've made a decision for Jesus yet. So with every head bowed and eyes closed in this place, I want to ask you this question. Where do you stand with God? Have you ever made a conscious decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life? Have you ever asked Him in and said, God, I can't do this by myself. I want you to take over. I need you, Jesus. I wonder if you've ever made that choice. I know how you came in here. Maybe you're visiting from somewhere else or you saw something on social media so you thought you'd come in. I wonder if you've ever made a choice for God. Or maybe once you were walking this walk, talking the talk, doing the thing, going to church, living the life, but for whatever reason, things have changed. For whatever reason, maybe a change of circumstance, something happened. But if you're honest with yourself, deep down in your heart, you're not walking with Him anymore. You're backslidden in your heart. I wonder if you'd make your peace with God tonight. So if that's you tonight, all I'm going to do in a moment is I'm just going to count to three. And when I count to three, all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand high enough, long enough for me to see it. I'll acknowledge it and you can put it down. And then I'm going to include you in a prayer, a prayer of salvation, a prayer where we just ask God to come in. So if that's you tonight, you want to make that choice. You're like, yeah, man, that's me. I need Jesus. Or maybe once you did make that choice, and the truth is you're not walking with Him anymore and you want to make that choice, make a recommitment, a fresh recommitment to God tonight. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. And all you've got to do is raise your hand. Here we go. Believe it for people to respond tonight. One, God loves you, friend. He sent Jesus to die and rise again on your behalf so that you could have life. Two, The Word says that now is the time of salvation. This is the appointed time. Don't wait another second. Three, if that's you tonight, just lift your hand. Wherever you're at, high enough, long enough for me to see it. Awesome. Many hands going up. We can wait a few more moments. It's the best decision we could ever make to make Jesus Lord to put Him first in our lives. It's awesome. You can put those hands down. Hey, so I'm going to pray. And I'm going to include you in this prayer if you raised your hand, but maybe you didn't raise your hand. I still want to include you in it. So pray it from your heart. If you lifted your hand, this is between you and God. And we're one big church family. We're going to all pray together. So here we go. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died for me and that you rose again. Thank you that I can have life. I can have a fresh start. Forgive me of my sins. I want to be a child of God. I now choose to follow you, Jesus, all the days of my life. Amen. 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 Can we give those people who made that choice a big congratulations in the house tonight. It's awesome. Hey, 
if you made that decision, if you raised your hand, I just want to encourage you. It's the best decision you could ever make. And we want to give you something. It's a gift from our church. It's a New Testament, New Believers Bible. We're going to have them in the table just as you go out. It'll be on your left. We just wanted to get it in your hands. Just say hi. Maybe pray for you if you want prayer. In fact, in a moment, we're going to sing a little more. If you made that choice, I would love for you to come to the front. Just come to the front. We'll pray over you. As we go out, as we finish tonight, we're going to worship a little longer. But if you made that decision to ask Jesus to come in, we're going to have people down the front. They're going to start coming right now. We're just going to worship a little longer. Come down. Receive prayer. And if you need prayer for anything else, we want you to come down as well. Awesome. Come on, let's sing. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray it bless you greatly. Please visit us at www.colonialchurch.life for more.